I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast, where you will be inspired and empowered to connect more deeply with your authentic self as we explore topics of personal development, leadership, and spirituality. Your journey to your most authentic self starts right now. Today I speak with Elizabeth Rose, international hypnotist, hypnosis instructor, and deep trance channel. She shares insight on what is channeling, astral travel, and past life regression, and how these experiences can heal and awaken you. She answers some of my most curious questions about life beyond the physical. At the end of the podcast, she also channels for five minutes, which contains messages for listeners. Please note, there is a small amount of meditation in this podcast, so please listen to this when you are not driving. Welcome, Elizabeth Rose, to Soul Sister Conversations. Thank you, Dana. Nice to be here. Oh, I'm happy to have this conversation because I think it's intriguing, and uh, we're going to be talking about channeling, astral travel, and past life regression, and um, I'm excited to get going. So I'm going to kick off this conversation with inquiring about channeling. So you, you are a channel. Who are you? Describe who you are. What what do you do? First off? It's a really good question. And I put a lot of thought into that. Um, I'm a chartered investment manager turned hypnotist healer, uh, deep trance channel. I'm also an author and a speaker. So I do a lot of public speaking and I teach hypnosis. I teach healing, uh, but 90% of the time, I'm channeling for people. Mm. And this is people come to you and they want a one-on-one session or a group session where they're looking for a message from their loved ones or a healing in some way? Well, yes, there's a long story to it. Uh, I didn't see it coming. It's one of those things in life that you just don't expect. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, I channel the angelic realm. I channel Christ. I didn't expect him. I was a good little Buddhist and he showed up in Palm Sunday, 2012. And then nine angels and then 39 angels stepped in and then God stepped in and 20 ascended masters. And so I'm channeling uh, them. And what they're doing is they are delivering messages, but they're also healing. They are transmitting healing energies and expansionary energies and Christ consciousness energies. So every, every channeling session is also a healing. Mm. And, and when did you discover that you had these abilities? Cause you said you were in the banking industry. Yeah. For 25 so, years. Yeah. What uh, happened that you realized you had this ability or something opened up within you that you were able to do this? Well, it started in Uh, On February 11th, 2001, I started seeing visions of the future. And so this continued and they were visions. They were like silent movies floating in front of my eyes. And I I saw September 11th happening, but I didn't understand what I was seeing. I saw and felt uh, people hurting themselves. I would step into Uh, a person and be looking through their eyes, I'd wake up and I'd be in somebody and I'd be looking through their eyes and then they'd go through some kind of trauma. And then I'd uh, I'd snap out of it. And then it would happen in the future. I had no idea what was going on. But everything shifted from seeing doom and gloom 
prophecies to the path to enlightenment when I got uh, pulled into the world of Buddhism. Uh, a dear friend of mine invited me to a week of Tibetan Buddhist mysticism, and I saw the vision of a diamond lantern, and that that changed everything. After that, all the visions were about the path to enlightenment. And then that was, gosh, 2001 and then 2007. Yeah, everything was 2005. Everything changed. That was the Diamond Lantern. And then I spent seven years studying Tibetan Buddhist uh, practices, doing meditations, going in and out of trance and saying mantras. And I had studied on my own meditation since 1988. And I started to see the future then, and I shut it down for about 10 years. So the Buddhism uh, really cracked me wide open. And then eventually, yeah, I, I made my way to the Monroe Institute to learn to astral travel. I had some very bizarre experiences with planet Earth, and I looked everywhere uh, to find somebody who had my experiences because I... I didn't share the same experiences as everyone else that seemed to be on YouTube and on the internet. And I was, uh, yeah, I was drawn to the Monroe Institute and they had a lot of recordings of astral travelers in the 1970s that had all manner of experiences. And one of them was with mother earth and it was exactly the same as my experience. And they said, she has trouble controlling her emotions. She's a baby of the cosmos and she's very angry. And that was my experience. So that's what uh, made me want to go there because it, it resonated with me. And when I got there, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I collided with a past life husband. I couldn't understand the experience for about a year, but now I needed to understand reincarnation. And that, uh, pulled me into hypnosis. And I guess the cheapest way to, to uh, spend hours and hours in trance rather than pay for a bunch of sessions is to just become a hypnotist. <laughs> so that's what I did. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you, you've had, so this is when you started seeing these visions, like were you having them during the day when you were in, in your banking office or were these nighttime dreams or? Kind of a combination. So the first one, the very first one, was about 2.22 in the morning. I woke up and I had this terrible migraine and I thought, oh, I need a doctor. And I, I could see my digital clock. So I knew it was 2.22 on the nose. And then suddenly I saw the spinning and I'm focusing on the spinning and it suddenly pops into uh, like a movie frame, a silent movie. And in fast forward, and I'm watching this and I kind of fell into the movie like Alice in Wonderland going down the rabbit hole. I fell into it and I couldn't understand what it meant. It was um, it was a neighborhood in a different country. And I was going I knew I was descending because there was this pine tree to my right. And uh, <laughs> I was kind of going going down and I could see the pine tree. Uh, and I got. So, did this feel like a physical experience? Very or did much. It feel, or it feel like it, no? Okay, so it didn't feel like dreaming. You felt like you were actually oh, no, experiencing I was, it. I was there. That's a good question, by the way. Yes, I was there. It was more real than uh, you might imagine. Yeah. And, and were you scared by this experience, or did you, or were you just completely confused? 
No, I was just in it. It was, uh, I was emotionally detached. I was just pulled into it and just, I was like a pair of eyes looking around. Uh, I was just consciousness, I guess. And there was no emotion. I was just trying to remember it all. I remember just thinking, okay, I've got to write this down. Remember it, remember it, remember it. It was happening so fast. It, it, it just happened so fast. And then I was out of it, but it was so powerful that I uh, called a friend at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. You know, this is crazy. Yeah, tell that story to your friend. She's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially if it's a first time, like it's, you know, the, do, do you feel like you're chosen or why, why do you think this happens to you or you're, you are, an, I know that when you say the chosen, right? People laugh at me when I say that. Well, I'm going to, la- I'm laughing because I was chosen. Here's what happened. Really? So, oh yeah. Fast forward. I'm now at the Ontario Hypnosis Center and I'm taking all these hypnosis classes and with the goal of finally taking past life regression. And, uh, and so I'm working with all these different students and we're practicing and practicing hypnosis on one another. And so, for example, I, I took one girl into trance and she had a really cool past life. And then it was her turn to, to take me into trance. And she goes, she starts lecturing me and she's lecturing me about my path. And she's really passionate about it. And uh, she goes at the end of it, she goes, you were chosen for this. You were chosen for this. And then my session was over and I kind of looked at her and she goes, oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't me. Someone stepped in. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And who do you think that was? Well, uh, the uh, director of the OHC came in to debrief and said, so how did it go? She said, well, I know I was supposed to facilitate Elizabeth in a past life regression, but uh, somebody stepped in and he said, oh, who was that? She goes, Jesus. (laughs) It was Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, This sounds wild, you know. (laughs) I know. I know. You know, it's my life. If, if, If somebody told me all this and they said that was their life, I would have a hard time with it. (laughs) <laughs> well, it, well, it's 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 so fascinating, intriguing, and it, this brings me back to the first time I met you, and and we were chatting about this before we began, and I think maybe you can shed some light on this experience because on your website you you say with respect to channeling, you are less like the Long Island medium and more like Whoopi Goldberg in the movie Ghost, where you're in the deep trance channel of divine guidance from God uh, and, and God, Jesus, and Ascendant Masters. So people step into you and move your body in different ways. Um, and that particular night um, at this meditation center uh, that I was invited to this meditation set- session. And so interesting because it was really approaching. It was actually two days before my mother passed. And we have a mutual friend who kept telling me about you. And she kept saying, oh, you've got to meet Elizabeth Rose. And she has the Rose Cottage and the Rose. I just kept hearing the word Rose, which was my mother's name. So I felt like I needed to to meet you. So I actually tried to go to one of your meditation sessions at the Rose Cottage. And I remember calling you on the phone and asking you, where is your address? Uh, you know, where, where are you located? And 
I don't know if I wasn't supposed to be there on that particular night, but I could not find the Rose Cottage and you did not give me your address. I kind of felt like when you and I were on the phone, something stepped in and prevented you from telling me is what I felt like afterwards when I looked uh, back on the experience because you were extremely vague. So I couldn't go to your place. Uh, But the following week, you were coming out to the valley. And so my friend Barb says, Elizabeth Rose is going to be here. I'm like, okay, I'll go try to find her here. I could not get to her the previous week. I walk into this meditation center session and we're all asked to sit in a circle and we're close our eyes and I kind of I have my eyes closed but sometimes I've got my one eye open wondering what's going on in the room and there was this boy across the uh across from me and I noted that he had the department of music of Mount Allison University he just had this hoodie on but during the meditation he really was rocking and rolling and like you could tell I didn't know what was going on with him and I think you and somebody else had escorted him out of the room into this little room behind us. And I could hear this most beautiful music. He was an opera singer. He was singing Catholic songs that I knew. Holy, 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 you know? And I was like, okay, what's going on? And we had broke for uh, um, a little break. And then you actually came out and said, okay, this has never happened before. Uh, Jesus has stepped into his body and he would like to address uh, an energy or dark energy between a mother and a child. And I just knew in that moment, that was for me. And my friend Barb's pro- pointing at me. She's like, it's for you. <laughs> and Jesus, this boy, you're escorting him up and sits before me. And you go into a, a trans divine channel, I could tell. And you, what felt like to me was channeling the energy of my mother and Jesus helped her pass. And it was, if, you know, I'm saying this, people are going to listen to it and go, what is she talking about? Do you recall that night? I do. And it's wonderful hearing it from your perspective in such (laughs) detail. Well, it had a big impact on me because I literally felt like the air was sucked out of me. And my friend sitting next to me and she's like, I I don't think I, I don't believe that he's acting. And I'm like, this feels like it's directed at me. I can't explain it. So I would love to hear from your perspective what was happening in that moment. Okay, so I was teaching hypnosis to several students, a few, a couple of professors, a vegan chef, and they were invited to the same healing center. And I will tell you that my basic hypnosis certification course was uh, nine days was hijacked by the angels and we had we shared all these paranormal experiences and and two days into it we were invited uh to the healing center and i was it was their opening night i think and i was invited as a channel and so they came along and as soon as i started then one of the students went deep into trance and he was he's probably one of the most powerful channels I've met when he started coming to the Rose Cottage he was not a channel at all but he started coming and uh, show up every now and then his mom would be there and uh, people that knew him and he started coming for sessions then he just took hypnosis he took full immersion into spirit which is uh, a channeled hypnosis channeled healing channeled message protocol that I facilitate it's actually the angels doing it all through me and so he, we all, there we were, the four of us <laughs> that night. And, and I, and I, I had not met you in person, I guess. So I wasn't really aware of you at that point, but what happened was I was channeling, I think for the first hour, and then there was a break mm-hmm. and 
his family had moved him out of the room because yes. he was so deep in trance. He reminded me of those Tibetan Buddhist shamans that become so filled with spirit that they become cataleptic. They become rigid. They can barely move. He was so filled with spirit and they were worried like, Elizabeth, you got to do something. <laughs> yeah, I, and I could tell. I, and it was, I think it was his mom or his aunt, both on either side. And he was walking out very stiffly. It almost seemed like his eyes were rolled back in his head. Oh, yeah. He like, was deep they were France. concerned. Yeah. He was so filled with spirit. I've not encountered that very often. And uh, so I've, I, I think I uh, said a few words to the group and then I disappeared into that little room where they had him. And I, I he was laying back in this uh, chair and he had his eyes closed and they're they're kind of saying do something do something <laughs> and i uh and i walked towards him he didn't open his eyes and his arm shot out and he grabbed my my arm and he gripped it and immediately i i knew who it was it was christ and christ had taken over him completely and he said elizabeth take me to the center take me back out i'm gonna teach and so uh we tried to uh, move him because he was rigid, rigid and stiff like a bar. And he was a very tall young man, like six yeah. four. Like he wasn't a small guy. Oh no, tall, strapping young mm -hmm. man. Yeah, a, a great guy, by the way. Just a wonderful, wonderful man. And uh, but he was deep, deep, deep in trance. He was filled with spirit. Got him to the center of the room, and then he. And of course, people don't know how Jesus speaks to me. They they imagine different things. And he's like, Elizabeth, there's darkness, clear the room. And I'm like, what? Heal them. I'm like, what? Like go into trance? He goes, yeah. <laughs> so I sit down and I guess I'm across from you and I start chanting. Yes. And Which I found odd. A, a space opened up across from me where I had clear view of this scene that was about to unfold. Yeah, well, why was that? It, I didn't even think about it. The chair was there. I sat down. That's funny. It was taken, but once we braked, everybody moved away. And when we came back, I think some people were still milling about. So it was like this chair was available for, for you to sit in. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, because prior to that, I'd just been standing in the center of yeah. the room channeling. Yes. But I, I needed to sit uh, for that one. <laughs> so I, I sat down. I went into trance. And yes, I, I was suddenly channeling um, a woman who didn't want to leave. Uh, she was having difficulty leaving. And then there was, I was channeling you too. And you were very worried about her, but I didn't know it was you at the time. I just was oh, channeling. Really? Yeah, I was just channeling these two women. Oh, I had no idea you were channeling me at the same time. Yeah, I was channeling these two women and, and they were kind of going through this process. And then Jesus, which is... Um, uh, the student chimes in, right? And he yes. he, he just healed the whole situation uh, and responded to all the things that were coming out of my mouth, uh, reassured her, reassured um, the older woman, the mother, and then uh, and then after you came over to me and said, that was me. That was my mom. That was our situation. So yeah, I felt yeah, I felt like it was reflected back to me. So it was so interesting that. Uh, that you felt the energy of the woman because I've, and because my mother had not passed yet. That's what's interesting to me. You know, she's still alive <laughs> three hours away and you were able to channel that energy. Well, channeling is very interesting. I, uh, well, I was just, um, I have a friend who's very ill right now and she's in England and 
her friend is was considering purchasing a cottage and she we were just uh texting back and forth and she said do you mind channeling about the cottage what should I do? Should I do it or should I not? And I went into trance and the angels gave her advice. And then suddenly one of her friends who had passed came through. Uh, the The angels gave her advice to go buy the cottage, move to the country, leave the city <laughs> and go stir things up. They're all asleep. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of, it was really quite funny. And then I, there was no break uh, between the friend and suddenly uh, a voice said, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And it was my friend. And she is sort of drifting in and out of consciousness. And she came through and I, I was, I, uh, there she was. I was channeling my friend who is um, in hospice right now. It's amazing what happens. I, one time I was channeling a, a lady for a lady. Uh, it was on Skype. I, I channel on Zoom, on Skype, on telephone, any, anywhere. And for about 10 minutes, the angels were speaking through me to her. And then suddenly my mouth goes meow. And I thought, what? And it's meow. And it keeps going meow. And she's looking at me. And I said, uh, do you have a cat? She goes, well, yes, we're taking care of a cat for two weeks. And I, so I asked the cat, like, what's wrong? And the cat said, she doesn't, she doesn't let me do what I want to do. And I, I said, what, what do you want to do? She said, I just want to lie on the couch. And I asked the woman, I said, do you, uh, are you being particularly active with this cat? And she said, oh, well, we're taking it out a lot. We're trying to get it interesting. It just, it just seems to want to lay on the couch. And then once the cat got sorted out, suddenly the angels were back and the cat was gone. And I thought, I didn't know cats or animals could just interrupt a session like that. <laughs> That's so interesting. So even animals can come through. Oh, yes, <laughs> they do. And so does that mean they have a consciousness here on Earth? Or how does that work? Do they have a personality or? Well, it depends on the animal. Uh, I was trying to do animal communication. I was watching a video on this one lady in Africa is a particularly good animal communicator. So I saw a blue heron, which is actually sitting outside my window in the water right now. And I, I followed her steps. I just relaxed and I just became open. And I asked, do you have a message for me or can I help you? And it said, it showed, it flashed me a picture of a heron in the mist and it said, I am aesthetics. And then it started flying and it said, I'm alone, I'm alone, I'm alone, I'm, I'm alone. And it was springtime. And I went, oh, it's looking for a mate. Animals don't always have a lot to say. It was just that quick. There was no, no conversation. It was just information being sent to me in kind of quick flashes. It's mm, so interesting. Dogs have a lot to say sometimes. <laughs> More They're chattier than cats. <laughs> well, dogs are like, I'm hungry. I want to eat. I want to eat. Give me more. I want more. I want more. And they'll go on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's so funny. I'm curious when you say that God steps into your body, Jesus steps into your body. Do you see an image of them or do you feel them in energy? <laughs> I used to see images of Jesus, a lot of past life stuff. And what does Jesus look like 
from your well, point of view? It depends on the situation. So when he first appeared on Palm Sunday, 2012, I was deep in trance, facilitated by a guy named Jonathan, who was a Hindu monk. Uh, he was taking hypnosis with my class and we became really good friends. And he was about to take me into a, um, like when you learn hypnosis, you start to take shortcuts because you're always going in and out of trance. So rather than do a 25, 30 minute induction, you'll do like a quick 10 minute induction. And he started to do that. And then he said, Ooh, I got a, I got an intuitive vibe to change it up. And so he, he proceeds to go into this deep, uh, state where he's, um, chanting and and doing a chakra opening induction that probably took a good 25 30 minutes and i was so deep in trance and i i saw this man in the distance and he had a big book and he was he was about i don't know just an inch high because he's in the distance and jonathan's saying what do you see and i said well i see a man with a, a book and he had robes on but it was too far away and he said what is the book? And suddenly I'm looking at the book and it's a text, an illuminated Franciscan text that I had done in, uh, in 1200 something. And there it was again. And he said, who is the man? And suddenly there's Jesus and he's larger than life and he's more real than you and me. And he is radiant. He's like, it's like looking at a light bulb, only brighter. And he had a he had white hair and a white beard and he was glowing and he had beautiful robes. And then as thing, and Oh yeah, he was flashing messages to me. <laughs> I failed him. I had failed him and I had a second chance and I worked for him and that was a shock. And so as, in a past life you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so then suddenly I was in the past life and he was just, like uh, what some people would imagine, but not quite. He had beautiful uh, um, sort of brownish, reddish, no, sun, sun bleached hair and blondish, you know, all the streaks mm -hmm. of the sun. And he had the, the warmest blue eyes and he was very, very handsome and uh, very well-defined features and kind of looked like me. And that was so weird. And so he's he's going through this whole thing with me. Now, one time I was channeling for someone uh, that you mentioned earlier, and uh, I, she was doing full immersion into spirit. And I was when I go into trance, I go way up and I go up to God. I go into the light, and I'm in the angelic realm, and I'm channeling for this uh, friend, and I'm way up there, and there's. I suddenly uh, gradually become aware of something kind of blurry in front of me, uh, like not physical, but it's a blur. And I have to come all the way down from the light. And I, I look at this thing and it's a little headshot of Jesus, like a, a little painting, just mm. his, his neck and his head. And I'm like, what? And Jesus, this is when Jesus appears. Uh, this is years later. And he's, he's like, it's her picture of me. I said, what? He goes, yeah. It's her painting of me. She thinks it looks like me. And I said, Barb, do you have a, a picture of Jesus? She goes, oh, yes, I do. Would you like to see it? <laughs> and there it was. She, there it was, the picture. He was laughing his head off. He thought it was the funniest thing. And That is so interesting. Yeah. 
And I, why, why? I don't understand the non-physical world. I, I'm in it a lot, but I don't understand it. Why did I have to come down? And why was he holding it in front of me? You know, mm. how does that work? I have no idea. And, and tell me, what is God like when he shows up? And and I'm saying he. Is it a he? Can you well, he, tell if it's an energy or are so, we just conditioned so, to say that? I pray to mother, father, God, but I... It's it's a male energy as far as I can. Like he's he they talk the angels talk about him as he all the time, mm-hmm. um, but it's he's I guess androgynous. Uh, he's all he's and I don't I've never seen God. He comes through me all the time, especially this week. I was going to ask one of our mutual friends if God had shown up a lot lately because. Uh, yeah, we had a weird thing happen to us uh, a few years ago. Jesus said, I'm leaving you in the hands of God. I've got work to do. And he disappeared. And then a year later, I had lunch with her and she says, "Did she asked me, did uh, Jesus go missing in action there for a while? I couldn't reach him. And I said, yeah, he, he did. He was gone. Uh, and then he came back. And honestly, I don't know how this stuff works. I'm just the channel. That's all. Mm. But do you, do you feel a different energy between Jesus versus when <laughs> God shows up? So how do you know it's God? Is it like, no. like a bigger energy or he no. just says, hey, I'm God? So a long time ago when this started, my head started to move to the right and I saw golden light. I was taking the Simpson protocol, uh, working in ultra deep states of trance. Uh, I know Simpson uh, designed this. Uh, protocol, hypnotic protocol. And I was practicing it. I was in trance and suddenly my head just turned right. I thought my head was going to turn all the way around the way it was being turned. And there was all this gold light. And that was the day I became, that was November, 2014. And that was the day I became a deep trance channel, but I didn't know what it was. And then later I saw it was angels. They're golden. They, they emit golden white light when you're in the non-physical world. And in the physical world, they're like these pillars of blue white light. It's kind of interesting. Mm. Uh, yeah, I didn't believe in angels until I saw them. Wow. <laughs> it's, yeah. And do they look like we think they look like? They're much bigger. Um, it, the wings that they put on angel pictures are funny. They're the little tiny things. But angels' wings are just ginormous. They're enormous. They're like a waterfall. Um, the golden waterfall. In fact, that's what I thought it was. I thought there was a person in front of a golden waterfall. And as I got closer, I saw, oh my gosh, it's an an angel. (laughs) So, and when they've appeared in physical form, they're like this huge indigo mound that's like a tall, well, if you think of someone that has wings that are above their heads and below, you know, below their feet, uh, then it looks like a very tall, narrow mountain of energy and uh, indigo. Yeah, I've seen them as blue-white light, indigo, and golden when I'm astral traveling. Mm, wow. And so do we truly have angels next to us looking out for us? You're in the thick of things. What people don't realize is that there are so many, it's really busy. Uh, like one time I woke up, Uh, here in New Brunswick, I used to live in Toronto and Calgary. I woke up and there was all this activity, like a lot of fluttering or something. And I couldn't figure it out. I sat on the end of my bed and it was as if my head was sticking through the floor and everywhere were angelic hemlines just flitting back and forth. And they, I was just ahead looking through this floor 
and nobody was paying attention to me. I couldn't see one arm. I couldn't see anything but hemlines as they were flitting back and forth. And there were hundreds of them just busy, you know, buzzing around all over the place, moving here, moving there. And I, I like, I was sitting there saying, hello, hello, like anybody. I was waiting for someone to finally lean down and look, but nobody did. And I, I got tired of sitting there with these, with these, uh, <laughs> with all these hemlines flitting me in the face. And I, I just went back to sleep. I thought, oh, that's ridiculous. But now I know that I was shown, okay, it's very busy. And what was funny is uh, a good friend of mine, um, she had read Sylvia Brown. And when I called her, she said, oh, that makes so much sense. And I thought, it does. And she said, well, yes, because Sylvia said that heaven is only five feet off the ground. And I thought, yeah, that would have been five feet <laughs> wow. from the ground. So I don't know. I, I mean, I've had so many experiences, but now I, you know, you can kind of understand other people's experiences when you experience it for yourself. For, sure. for people that don't have these experiences, man, I have to admire them for going on faith. I, I believe because I see. I had to be shocked into this. So those people who believe just because they know, uh, kudos to you. Mm, so true. Because I mean, really, that's what faith is, is, is a great sense of expectation of, of everything that we're told. So when people pass, for example, I assume then they just add to the busyness of all the stuff that's going on. Is it beyond the veil? People often say the veil is thin. Are our loved ones literally standing next to us all the time? Or are they coming and going? Or That's a good question. So some people die in a traumatic moment and they get stuck. They get stuck in a thought form and they are stuck. There, there are probably gazillions of people stuck to the earth energy. And that's what you would might call a ghost. They keep going into freeze frame, freeze frame, freeze frame, repeating that same trauma. Then others, when they pass, they see the light and they just float up and they are up there and they're healing from this lifetime and they're learning lessons, preparing for the next lifetime or whatever their next sojourn is and uh, everything in between. Yeah. Mm. And some of these people that go to the light come back and then other people are aware they are aware that they've died and they're waiting for you and they're just hanging around and sending you love and praying for you and waiting, just waiting. They know they're dead, but others mm. don't know they're dead. And so it's kind of a, a wild mix of beings. Yeah. Wow. So when people, when you talked about full immersion in spirit, and, and these are a series of channeling sessions, and each session takes you deeper and further along the spiritual healing and awakening path, like, can you give an example? Like, what kinds of spiritual healing happens in those kinds of sessions? <laughs> well, is it like what happened between my mother and I in that session that we had, or is it something different? It's always different. Everybody's different. Mm. Everybody's had a different history, different lifetimes. So today, for example, I had three clients and one client was it was an hour and a half session and a new client and uh she went into trance i went into trance well first of all they just delivered messages and then suddenly these um aboriginal like a, a chief and a shaman came into me and started kind of dancing around and <laughs> she's in this she's in the states i was on uh, zoom 
I don't know anything about her. I know I, I make a point of not knowing anything about anybody. It just makes it easier to channel. Mm. And so these Aboriginal leaders come in and they say, they explain to me that they are descendants and they explain to her that she is uh, of the Aboriginal community and that uh, they start healing through her. First they start healing her and then they start healing her community through her and they're going back thousands of years. And she turns out she had been Aboriginal in Colombia, in uh uh, in the United States and had a bunch of past lives as a first nation and native American. Uh, it was really interesting. And it was a very, very, very tearful session as so much trauma was released from all the massacres and the genocide. And mm. it went on and on and on. It was really tearful. And, uh, I asked her, gee, you know, do you have any, uh, <clears throat> Aboriginal blood or like, do you have an affiliation or association? And she said, well, my whole house is decorated with uh, Native American stuff. And she, there was a, um, she moved this, um, the camera so I could see a, 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 what you would carry a baby in, like a papoose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she said she's been studying the, the Native American culture since day one and you know her kids are even saying this is kind of weird mom like because <laughs> she's not aboriginal <laughs> but but she had she said it makes so much sense now yes something like that that's unique to her someone else uh gosh i forget all this stuff because it's today i can remember yes um but you know and another person oh yeah and the other day somebody was a planet and they were explaining to the person that it's really tough being in the physical world of humans when you're used to being, uh, uh, you know, a, a planet or a star. She had these lifetimes as heavenly bodies in the uh, in the cosmos. And what I love about these sessions is she goes afterwards. She goes, "Yeah, that makes a lot of sense." <laughs> oh, good! Oh gosh, <laughs> you were a planet. Yeah, yeah, like that's. Yeah, yeah, that's hard to comprehend. It, it is. And that is two planets I've encountered since I started this. What I love about what I do is that, yes, you know, I'll channel and I'll channel other people and other beings and guides and all that stuff. But um, when you do a few sessions with me, eventually, if not right away, the angels will guide you into a hypnotic state, into a trance state, and then you will have your own experiences. And that's the beauty of it. It's not just me channeling. You are having your experiences. And uh, yeah, last night, oh gosh, another hour and a half client. <clears throat> that was interesting because that went back to Yogananda. That whole, um, uh, I haven't studied a lot about Yogananda, but it was all about that. And oh my goodness, that was a tearful one too, but it was the most beautiful experience for this client. And he experienced it. Like I didn't have to channel half the time because he was right in it. And so the more you go into a trance state or a meditative state or a hypnotic state, it's all the same. The, the more you go in and out of that state, the faster you go into it and the deeper you go and the more 
open you become. So people that have studied meditation are really good candidates for full immersion into spirit. That being said, I have a lot of clients that just don't go into trance and it's, it's fine because I just channel and they just listen, mm. but they're healing at the same time. The angels, uh, what they do is they, they pull their, that person's energy into me and start clearing the chakras and clearing the emotions and I might be crying your tears. I never know what's going to happen. Wow. And when, and when you th think about all that you know, and you say it's busy on the other side, and we have people showing up as planets and all this stuff going on, have you thought about what's the meaning of this life? Why are we here in physical form as humans on planet Earth? Or have you been given insight into that? Uh, you know, I never asked them. That's a good question, isn't it? What's the meaning of life, God? Did <laughs> you ask that the next time? <laughs> yeah, I guess I should. That time, eh? Well, you know, everybody's always trying to find the meaning of their life. And and we say that we're, you know, a spiritual being, being having a physical experience. And I'm just curious if you have any insight on um, why are people here on this planet at this time? What is the point of it? So it is to learn. So everybody does have a mission. If they're here in this physical world, in this moment, you have a mission. And I don't know what the mission is, but you have one. And sometimes you don't get it done. And that's where reincarnation comes in. You just keep coming back. If you didn't figure it out this lifetime, it's going to come around again. You get another chance. And sometimes it becomes bigger and badder. So there's that meaning mm -hmm. in that you all have, like everybody has a path. And it's a path to higher consciousness. I think we're all generally going back to God. How we all got split off from that, uh, is uh, there's a lot of uh, the Bible covers that rather nicely, but so do a lot of other uh, teachings, uh, mm. ancient teachings. They all talk about the um, separation from God, the fallen angels. It goes on and on. So I've had a, a little bit of all those experiences, <laughs> just a taste so that I knew, okay, that was real. Fine. Um, yeah. yeah. The angels are constantly, uh, yeah, all of my beliefs have just disappeared. I just have experiences. So the wow. meaning of the meaning of life, I think, is just to expand God consciousness. It is, if you could imagine this amazing being, whatever that is, uh, just light and love, dividing itself into gazillions of co different consciousness being conscious beings, then. What can you do with that? Well, you can just start growing and being. And so now we have planets and we have uh, animal life on Earth and we have goodness knows how many universes. I think it's just expanding. And, and the scientists actually have proven that the, uh, the universe is expanding. It's not contracting at all. Makes sense. When you talked about, you know, past lives and you do things, um, I guess, experiences with past life regression, does everybody have a past life? Is, is anybody a newbie? <laughs> like, yeah. Because I know I have friends that I sometimes say, I'm like, you're new to this planet. Like, you're, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're new. Nothing <laughs> around here, are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. I've, uh, like, how would one know? Do you have to have an experience, go through something where you look back so you know how many lives you've had? Well, usually they really don't understand humans at all. And uh, they just are perplexed by the whole thing. Some newbies are just 
sort of on the outside looking in wondering like what is going on and there there may be really they may be very unhappy very uncomfortable or they may just be detached from it all um depending on where they're at and what they're here for you know some people get stuck here actually most people get stuck here most people really shouldn't be here (laughs) (laughs) it's addictive the whole planet is is addictive so we get some people come because they want to save somebody that got stuck here and then they get stuck and then their friends get stuck and so on and so on some people are just curious and they want to oh i can be human why don't i try that and then uh there's just so much going on uh, it's, it's, it's bizarre, but the newbies can be, um, okay. So I've encountered or channeled for and guided, uh, a few people that have been angels and you can tell if you look at their auras, they have these column columns, blue white columns of light. Humans have this sort of, uh, oval aura, but an angel has this tall column. It just keeps going up. It's a straight, uh, a straight bar of blue white light, and sometimes they've been here for a while, and other times they they're new, and then other times angels or Christ will just step into a human, you know, whenever they choose. So look into people's eyes. If you can't hold somebody's gaze because there's too much love, that's probably a divine being you're looking at. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's I've seen that. Uh, three times now. <laughs> I thought, wait a second, I've looked at you for like weeks and now I can't, oh, whoa, I can't look at you. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, too, okay. too much love. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, so reality is interesting. And, uh, you know, we get- reality. <laughs> what is real? I you know to me, I'm confused now. I'm like, <laughs> well, the non-physical world to me seems more real than the physical world some days, not always. I love the physical world, I really do. But when when the non-physical world just crashes through your world, you you what do you do? It's just, that's what happened to me in 2001. I was reading a book and I was just minding my own business, sitting on my bed, and suddenly there was this glowing light to my right, uh, the wall, which I had sponge painted. I knew it was a wall with sponge paint on it. <laughs> And I didn't want to look. And finally, I looked. And there was a gaping hole, as if a car had crashed through it, but it was just pure light. And I thought, oh, oh, now what? And then there was a spirit, a beautiful woman. And it was my neighbor from when I was a kid in uh, the Air Force. Uh, My father was in the Air Force. And she said, how can I help you, my dear? And I just about fell off the bed. Like, I was so startled. It was just so sudden. Yeah. So, so for quite a while, I was afraid I was going to fall through the floor or walk through the walls because you talked about the veil being, the veil is thin. (laughs) So there is such a thing as the veil. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's really just frequency. Just think of yourself at a certain frequency. And if you change your frequency, go to a higher vibration, well, then you're in a new realm or a new, new, realm of existence. And I think they're all happening at the same time. Sometimes you've heard of the scientists talk about multiverse. Uh, I think I, I had a big discussion with my uncle who's a part of, who was a particle physicist and a Polanyi prize winner. And oh my goodness, science is almost there, almost there. Yes. They don't understand time. They'll tell you that uh, t- there's no time. And so the multiverse is becoming 
uh, more of a, uh, an accepted idea. Wow. Do we travel in soul packs? I've heard that, that there's people, you know, say someone who's your husband now might've been a brother in another lifetime or a sister. Is that, do you, is that true? Do you- yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Soulmates. Oh. Yeah. Soulmates. There's soulmates. So more than one person though, is there oh, like yeah. a bunch of people that would travel with you? Generally? Yes. Uh, although I think there's a few solo soloists out there, but yeah, generally, uh, you're, you're all learning at the same level when you're together. So, um, and you play different roles. Your soulmates are kind of at your level of consciousness. And so they're learning the same lessons that you are. And so you're just, you know, one, one lifetime, you'll be somebody's mother. And then the next time you'll change roles and you'll be their kid or, you know, and so on and so forth. And it's all for learning. But then there's Mm -hmm. some that are just uh, higher beings. And I think they can just zip in and out. I, uh, yeah, I, nothing surprises me anymore. Mm. And, and do we have, are we, if some people on their last life here, like you've had many lives, you're like, that's it. I'm done with earth. I have something else I'm going to do. I know so many people that come to me and they're like, is this my last life? Please, please. And I, <laughs> and I, I get that. I totally get that. I, your dreams will tell you that, by the way. Michael Sheridan is an amazing dream interpreter. And your dreams will tell you whether you're on your last life. Or you you always have a choice, though. Oh, really? You don't have to. This doesn't have to be your last life. It's always a choice. And that's what people don't realize. All of life is a choice. It's There's all kinds of contracts going on. Um, and it seems like, oh, gosh, I'm a victim of this circumstance or that circumstance. But if you look back uh, at the big picture, lifetime after lifetime, you'll realize you created that reality in order to learn something from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, adversity is a, 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 a teacher and uh, we don't like it. <laughs> we really don't like, I don't like adversity. <laughs> but, but we created it so that we can learn. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel that. Yeah, I get that. And, and if people want to get in touch with their past lives, do they reach out to someone like you to help them? Or can people sense or figure that out for themselves, well, what they have done before? My advice is meditate, meditate, meditate. Go up right. to the light, though. Always go up to the light. That's what the angels taught me to do. I, I, I'm As a hypnotist, I teach hypnosis. And we're always, as hypnotists, creating a lovely... Uh, fanciful induction, you know, climbing up a mountain, going up in a helium balloon, whatever. But the angels are just go up to the light, go up to God, that's it, straight up, and keep climbing and climbing and climbing. And once you go up there and just relax and allow yourself to be there, then you will eventually, with practice, do it like two minutes a day, then try and go longer. Don't put yourself to sleep though. Don't teach yourself how to sleep. That's what a lot of people do. And they go, I can't meditate. Well, because <laughs> you fell asleep. Yeah. Yeah. So don't, don't do it lying down. No, never, oh. never do it lying down. Um, well, unless that's, you're that's trying yeah. 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 So literally just okay. envision yourself going physically upward. Yes. As you're meditating. Imagine mm-hmm. there's a point of light above your head about 12 inches like the sun and feel it and sense it and make it real and begin to go up, float up and relax and just let all your muscle groups relax and allow yourself 
to float gently, easily, lazily, dreamily, taking a deep breath and holding it for a moment, and then letting your out-breath relax you more completely. And every out-breath takes you deeper and deeper, more relaxed as you go higher and higher. And as you go higher and higher, your energy glows brighter and brighter, and you become lighter and lighter, going higher and higher and letting go and allowing, becoming more relaxed and going deeper and higher and so on and so on. And that's the meditation. Mm. So I'll have to listen back to this and even (laughs) (laughs) forward to this section and and try this. That's so fascinating. Um, You mentioned astral travel earlier. I mentioned at the top of the, the show can anybody learn to do that? You went you went on a course and learned to do that. Obviously, you have a whole bunch of things going on that I don't know if you say enable yourself to do it, but what what is astral travel first off? Well, in my experience, because everyone has their own experience, I found astral travel was a lot harder to do. What it feels like is stepping outside of your body. It's like this non-physical part of you steps out and you can see your body lying there. The first time I got out of body and it took a lot of work, I was about five inches from my face looking at my sleeping face and it looked dead. It was so shocking. I just shot right back into my body and I'm just like, ah, all that work. And (laughs) I was so startled. I broke, I broke out of it just like that. And then the second time I was really determined and I, uh, I kind of woke up, I guess I kind of fell asleep and then woke up in a tuck and roll out of my body, like my arms were crossed, my body was tucked, and I was rolling out. <laughs> and then two invisible hands pushed me back, they were they, uh, I could feel them push my shoulders and push me back into the body. And I heard these voices, we know you little lady. And I thought, oh, who are you? What do you know? I was I was mortified. What I've learned about astral travel is that your thoughts are things. And if you're afraid about going out of body, then thoughts are things. So so your fears will manifest in the non-physical world. It's quite funny, actually. So if you want to astral travel, just learn about becoming totally relaxed and allowing and pushing your fears away. Just forget your fears. Otherwise, if you're afraid of not getting back, you'll be on the astral travel, uh, on the astral plane, stuck somewhere oh my God. <laughs> yeah yeah and then you think you can't get back and you're like oh no I can't get back I can't get back but if you just start wriggling your toes in your bed then you're going to be back if you have to go to the bathroom you'll be back you can't get stuck out there and what is the purpose of astral travel oh that's a good question for me it was to it, it's like the last frontier where else do you go uh gosh, you know, we've covered the planet, we've covered outer space, you know, as far as we can. The inward journey, that's the new frontier. That's why I did it. And also people at the Monroe Institute that I read about, and I heard all the recordings, they were super cool. They were having such super cool experiences that meshed with mine. And that's why I wanted to hang out. I wanted to be a Monroe Institute groupie and just spend my life in trance, you know, experiencing whatever. And there's great teachings. That's the other thing is as you become more open, you get higher guidance, higher and higher guidance. And you become more aware and your intuition sharpens and awareness comes. You might 
invent the next uh, cure for something. It's amazing what's possible in the non-physical realm. All is possible. And if you look at history, all these great inventors like Einstein, they they were very much uh, driven by their intuition. Stuff would come to them all the time, dreams or visions. Yeah, those were those innovations quite often were given. And what I realized, too, is that all experiences are given. <laughs> Thomas Campbell, who wrote My Big Toe, My Big Theory of Everything, and he's the one who figured out that binaural beats can help get you out of body, at least in the beginning. Uh, he told me that. He said, everything is given. I described a lot of really weird experiences that I had shared. I've shared a lot of paranormal experiences with other people, like the <laughs> like the class I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found myself, I think that's in my book. Yeah, Diamond Lantern is my book. And in my book, I think I describe how... Um, George and I wound up in a grocery store and suddenly everything fell away and we were just in blackness in space looking at each other. <laughs> How, and he saw what I saw. I said, are you seeing what I'm seeing? He goes, yeah, there's nothing there. To this day, we don't know what happened. It just, it was in a grocery store in Calgary. Wow. So you have all sorts of experiences. So you, you said that Astral travel, you know, where else is it to go? A new frontier. It's linked to your inner world or your in. How is it linked to your inner world? I, obviously, it's a non physical world. Is that what you're referring to? You're, you're being able to just explore something. I don't know. Is it inside of you? Is it outside of you? Yeah. So, so you get there from within. That being said, you asked me if I've seen Jesus. Uh, I don't see him much anymore, but there have been moments when I suddenly, he's standing there to my right. <laughs> Like not in my mind's eye, he's right there. And uh, that is really interesting. And angels have appeared not in my mind's eye, but right there. So, Mm. but the pathway is within. Think of it that way. You're surrounded by spirits and there's so much going on in the non-physical world, but the pathway is the stillness within. It's going into a relaxed meditative state, into a loving state and Relaxation is the key. Just relax and use your mind to take you up and float up, fly up. Imagine yourself with wings or in a helium balloon or floating on a cloud. It's it's a it's a method. Eventually, once you get deep enough in trance, then it's just experiential. Your thoughts disappear. If you think it it kind of throws you out of trance. And that's why people say, oh, I can't meditate. I, I keep thinking too much. But a really good technique is surround your thoughts in a bubble and picture yourself popping the bubble, with it, pricking it with a pin. Mm. That's a good idea. Not mine. It's a, a Lama Mitham Shakya in um, Halifax, I think, at the He's wrote a great book called Turning Your Mind into an Ally. So if anybody wants to know how to meditate, that's one of the best books I've read. I've practiced his suggestions and they work. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's good to know. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation. We've covered a lot of ground (laughs) and we've went deep. And I know that you agreed at the beginning uh, before we began to actually channel. And so so why don't you explain to people who are listening when you deliver this message, what is it for them? What's the purpose of of you channeling right now? Uh, 
I have no idea. So what I do is I go into trance and then the angels come through and whatever happens, happens. And it's always that way. I can plan all I want, but they're in charge. <laughs> so, so when someone's listening to this and they hear a message that resonates with them, that is for them. Yeah, but every every time I channel, the angels are healing. They're clearing chakras and they're pulling out emotions. They might make me cry your tears. They are okay. transmitting, clearing, healing, and raising your vibration and pulling you up to higher and higher levels of awareness. So there's a lot going on and my hands are moving 90 miles an hour in mudras and all kinds of, I, I gave up on trying to understand it all. Um, they just move, but they're, they're, they're weaving energies and pulling out negative emotions and it is what and, it is. And and how long will this channel be? Will you, can you determine it or will they determine it? How long do you want it to be? They'll go on for hours. I channel oh. for hours. <laughs> I was thinking uh, five minutes. That'll do. <laughs> yeah, I'll try and Why don't see you... what happens in five minutes and then you can come back to us and we can wrap up. How does that sound? That sounds good. Okay, so I always say a prayer. And I learned this prayer from Dr. Sharon Forrest, uh, who I learned healing from uh, year in 2013. And uh, yeah, when I was in her class, of course, I saw Jesus appear. And uh, so then I knew, okay, she's the real deal. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, it's just a paranormal journey. Okay. Dear Jesus, dear Mother, Father, God, Seraphim, Archangels, Angels, Divine Specialists, Ascended Masters, I ask to be a channel of healing for everybody's highest good or heightened awareness. Work through me to them to heal them at all levels, however they need to be healed for their highest good or made aware. All who come in light and love are welcome. Amen, amen, amen. We are assisting all in this moment, in this moment, those who are in the energy of this transmission are more open we are of love, we are of God, we are seraphim, and we send you love. We are of love, and you are of love. <clears throat> there is nothing you need worry about. We ask you to let go your fears, let go your apprehensions, be that which you are. You are light, you are love. You are light, you are bright, and you are all blessings. And so we are clearing and we are releasing negative emotions from your energy field. It is a process. There are layers and layers of anger, hurt, wound, trauma, insults. We are clearing in layers. It is a process. It does not occur immediately. It is a process. Be aware. Allow yourself to relax and take a deep breath. Oh, see now they're guiding you. There we go. Allow yourself to relax. Take a deep breath and let your out breath relax all your muscle groups and become aware of the light that shines above you. There is golden white light pouring down upon you, washing over you and washing through you and cleansing and clearing and releasing and healing. As you become more open to the light of God, feel, sense, become more aware of the love that pours down upon you, washing over you, washing through you, cleansing, clearing and releasing. We are healing 
the anger in your heart chakra, for there is anger from so long ago. I'm so angry, 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 angry. We are clearing anger from those who have been hurt so long ago and are angry. And so it was releasing. It is draining out the bottom of your feet and thus you are lighter and you are brighter and moving up to a higher level of awareness. And so it continues. We are clearing. We are releasing. We are healing. Opening, 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 opening. As you rise higher and higher, your energy glowing brighter and brighter, moving up, 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 gently, lazily, easily, dreamily in the light of God. Fear not. Be that which you are. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. We speak to you through your heart. Begin to feel, feel, feel the love in your heart. You are of light and you are of bright light. And there is only unconditional, non-judgmental, eternal love for you. We love you. We love you more than you understand. Be that which you are. Let go your worries. Let go your fears. We are clearing. We are releasing. We are healing. Opening, opening, opening. You are lighter. You are brighter. You are more open. Take a deep breath. Inhale the light. Expand your awareness. Let go. Allow yourself to rise higher and higher. Your energy glowing brighter and brighter as you move up into the light of God. New energy pours down upon you, washing over you, washing through you, cleansing, clearing, releasing, healing. Never worry, never fear, fear not. We are assisting you in letting go of your apprehensions. New energy comes into your energy field. We are expanding your energy field. You are lighter, you are brighter, you are more open. Never worry, never fear, fear not. You are lighter, you are brighter, and moving forward more quickly on your path. We are assisting you in all moments. Never are we not assisting you. Be that which you are. Love all, no matter what. Love all, 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 all. We send you love, blessings, blessings, blessings. Amen, amen, amen. Huh, well, there's that. <laughs> well, let me tell you, they're pretty accurate. That was like five minutes almost on the dot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they do that all the time. That's so funny. Like, it's a little bit insane. I'm like, okay, they said five minutes. I wrote down like 107, and I think it was like 112. Uh, I was like, okay, they're they're accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting to me, Elizabeth, when you channel, you go robotic. Yeah, yeah, like I, robotic sounding. What a great description! Yeah, they take over my vocal cords. Yes, yeah, that's what it feels, and uh, that's what even felt to me that when I go, think back to that conversation that I called you on the phone and try <laughs> to figure out your address, it felt like to me like you went into this very uh, a state or something where it was like so you Elizabeth could ignore me and <laughs> and something else was trying to deter me. I, I can't explain it, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's so interesting. So they literally are taking over your vocal cords and that's just how they're showing up. Yeah. They take over my whole body. They've totally rewired me. It's, and it took a year, by the way, they, uh, okay. stepped in, in 2014, took over my life and they said, Elizabeth, you can only heal others to the level that 
at which you yourself are healed. We're going to heal you so you can heal all. And so then they started appearing. And it was actually when I turned down a job in the corporate world that suddenly ascended masters, angels, everybody just took over. Hours and hours of yoga. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. But anybody can do this. <laughs> my- <laughs> the question is, do they want to do it? It sounds um, like a lot. Like this is your life. Obviously, this is what you do. Um, you you live this all day long. I do. Um, yeah. But I, I can imagine there are some very curious people listening as, as I am curious, but especially the, you know, the meditation and how to, you know, get more in touch with yourself, um, your spiritual journey. So I think you've given us a lot to, um, digest (laughs) 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 for sure. I I just have a couple little rapid fire soul questions to ask you to end the conversation. Um, I was going to ask you what's your superpower, but clearly you've shown it. (laughs) Do you have another answer for that? God. God, God is the superpower. He's, and you know, I've recently just been pushed back to God. I have to say, you know, we, we focus on so many, you know, ascended masters. We focus on Jesus. We focus folks, but it's all God. And uh, yeah, God is the superpower and we are supercharged every day by that. And sometimes we forget. Mm, Good message. What has become abundantly clear to you? (laughs) Nothing. Also a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Okay, love love is clear. Love is the answer. I I used to puzzle over that. I don't know why, but love is it. Love is all. Um, and when you feel love and when you feel love for yourself, that's like number one. You, you've got to feel love for yourself. Otherwise, you can't love anyone else. And it takes so many people so many years to feel love for themselves. And everybody is so important. And that's abundantly clear. Everybody is important. Even the worst criminal, even the the guy that's um, uh, on drugs and, and just lo- losing control of their life, they're all, all, oh, I sound like God now, all important. Um, they... Mm are so important. Every soul is important and people don't realize that. Mm. And what does the world need most? They need to love. They need to realize that pollution is not loving. Killing animals is not loving. We don't need to kill animals to eat. That's, that's, uh, the angels took me off of meat, alcohol, caffeine, and sugar. And, uh, we, Animals, we are animals, but we have stepped into animals in order to understand this world. We are not, you said it earlier, we're spirits having a human experience. We don't have, we're on the earth, but we're not of the earth. So don't Mm -hmm. be of the earth. Don't be of the earth. Well, thank you for this conversation. This has been fascinating. (laughs) Thank you. I've totally enjoyed every minute of it. Well, likewise, thank you for your great questions. (laughs) You got me thinking. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Dana. That was such a great conversation. 
If you loved it too, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Please go to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. And if you want to continue the conversation, connect with Soul Sister Conversations on the Facebook and Instagram pages. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dana Lloyd Leadership, on Twitter at Coach Dana underscore Lloyd, and of course on LinkedIn. See you next week.